I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. Oh, right. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. This will be our first one back after the new year. Uh, Well, that's not entirely true because we released one actually uh, early in the new year, which we recorded before Christmas. So that will get quite confusing. But anyway, welcome boys. I'm here with Mitch and Haz. Obviously, thanks for being here, guys. Good to be here. Fresh as a daisy. I, well, that's a lie. You're actually not. You've been winching the entire time about how tired you are. <laughs> you already and, uh, had a Red Bull, Waz. Yeah, and come back from the brink of death as well, has. So, obviously, that's something that we're going to have to talk about at some stage. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You went in for a four-pack of Red Bull Skinnled and then was very unhappy with the price, costing $26. <laughs> not just for them, but... Yeah, no. I brought a donut as well. All right. They're not going to eat themselves, Skinnled, after all, that is for sure. And then you ate the dinner that I actually bought for myself. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Uh, probably the reason that we are recording so late is obviously we did do about two hours worth of songwriting this afternoon or performing. Um, we were actually fortunate enough, and hopefully this is a trend that continues, has, but we were fortunate enough to have a song sent in by a listener of the show, which was uh, which was fairly impressive, and it's one of the great songs. Obviously wasn't keen to sing it themselves because probably know that vocally we are superior. Uh, yes. <laughs> Potentially. Um, so we look forward to obviously showing you that one, but it did take us some time to produce. Also, we tried to attempt to create our own music because YouTube aren't particularly supportive of our thievery. Yeah, right. Uh, you fair. did surprise me with your guitar skills though, Lee, so I was pretty impressed. Well, you're welcome, Has. As per usual, just continue to bring something to the podcast week in, week out. Uh, that is for sure. Now, obviously, guys, Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year. We, we probably haven't got to say that to you yet. Um, we have had a little bit of a break, I guess. I went down to Melbourne and Adelaide and uh, Has has been doing all sorts and hospital visiting and etc. and Mitch has just been living normal life yep, um, which correct. won't surprise you to know. Uh, we had a little game at training tonight where we had to split into Julios and Nerds and there was only one Julio at the table. We all know who that is. Controversial. <laughs> Skin and hair straightening the nerd. I'm not sure who was picking those teams. I got there late and was just no, oh, you were always going to be in the nerds. You're a scientist. Uh, Had yeah. to be in the nerd team. All right, all right. Um, that's for sure. But yeah, obviously, guys, we, we did get to have a little well-earned break there, uh, but it does mean that we have plenty to catch up on in the sporting world, I guess. But uh, but obviously, so we are probably a little bit behind the times. But again, as we've highlighted before, if you are coming here extensively only for your sporting news, then I would say that you're on the wrong page. <laughs> that yeah. is for sure. Um, sport really is just our excuse to talk 
absolute baloney at times. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that won't surprise you to know. But I guess on a, on a serious note, what probably has been more prevalent over the last couple of weeks while we have been absent um, is that we, we do obviously uh, have to extend our thoughts and well wishes, I guess. Uh, to, uh, it sounds a bit blasé sometimes, but <laughs> quite heartfelt and genuine, obviously, to everyone that has already been affected by um, and is currently being challenged by the sort of danger of bushfires, boys, that we obviously can't escape at the moment. Um, and, and that's all around Australia, as we've seen, certainly. So it's really hard to imagine, obviously, just how uh, long those fires have been burning for and in the, in the areas they've covered. It's certainly a magnitude that's beyond our comprehension. But um, if you aren't directly affected, obviously, which is us, I guess, in our situation, that it, it's kind of easy to continue to, uh, to live life as normal, I guess. But there's uh, seeing some of those interviews and seeing how it is affecting some of those people it's it's definitely shocking and heartbreaking and um and yeah, we just extend our well wishes and and support to those people and obviously the people that are working within those environments in terms of firemen and and women as well and uh of those services yeah definitely and hopefully we get the the conditions we need weather wise to for those fires to stop as soon as possible mm, yeah exactly right that's uh that's very very fair so we continue to monitor that situation obviously but th- that is important i guess uh in terms of the magnitude and and really really hoping for some resolution to that issue that is for sure um, moving on, I guess, uh, to, well, from the listeners, guys, the, the couple of things that I guess the couple of questions that they have and that they need to know about um, is the first question we got is uh, how are the boys going in super coach, which is quite a good question. Um, Mitch, obviously, we aren't allowed to play. Uh, so when yep. we say the boys, that Which refers directly just, just to you. Yep, just singular. That's, yep. that's me. Give us a little bit of an uh, update. Yep, sure. I'll give, give you a bit of a rundown. I personally am going... Uh, averagely, which is should come as no shocks for anyone that was listening to us during the AFL fantasy season. Um, I'm currently sitting ninth out of the 14 in the league and 10th oh, out of... That's unbelievable skin. <laughs> it's really not unbelievable, no, is it? No, it's pretty mediocre, but that's thanks good. anyways. No, um, and 10th out of the 38 in the group because we ended up creating the group after the league to get more people involved. Uh, yeah, that's more appropriate letting down the nerds team tonight skin yeah no <laughs> so you should have been on the Julio's lethal <laughs> I tried to tell him skin no you did not no that's uh, the opposite <laughs> of what I tried to tell him <laughs> Um, well, yeah, to be probably. fair, as we looked over, we were naming these teams and as we looked over, you had obviously come late to training and you were doing some of the strangest like knees up and leg swings and stuff on your own <laughs> as you were running around. Just It did not look particularly cool. So if I was going to try and justify yeah. your case, I was really going to struggle looking at that scenario. So I'm taking care of my body. It doesn't have to be cool. I'm, I'm warming up. That's Anyways, no. Um, okay, stiff. Anyways, so what's happened to me in my fantasy team? Probably the biggest news that to come out of my fantasy team is after I think the first two games, um, or first two, well after the first round, so the first two Brisbane Heat games, I decided that Chris Lynn had forgotten how to bat, um, and obviously noticed that Stoinis wasn't bowling either. So I thought I'd be uh, really clever to free up some cash there that I could spend elsewhere by dropping both of those. Um, and then I think Stoinis hit eighty the next day, and Chris Lynn hit ninety off very few balls and. Uh, yeah, made an absolute fool of me. That will which, get you. Yeah. Gee, I wouldn't want you to be my coach in, my, in, the, in a T20 side. You know, it's yeah. cricket. It's not football. Like yeah. I said, yeah. take a couple of games yeah. to get going. Yeah. I, learned, I learned my lesson there. Has How many Sorry, games are you going to take to get going, Has? Yeah, well, hopefully not too many more. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, has did, he, been, did he drop me as well? Uh, I think he's still in the team, but oh. he's definitely been punted to the bench. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little I'm, cash cow on the bench. I don't yeah, mind yeah, that. Yeah, making us money every time you hit twelve. Um, <laughs> well, he's <laughs> taking that many catches. Yeah, racking up points about catches, forty man. points because yeah, he gets so four be, catches per game. Yeah, buckets has it. Did you see that? As soon as I actually put that up, the picture of your hands with the buckets, then you dropped one. Mm. Yeah, I did. I don't believe in karma, though. Obviously, not that it says. But you know, that, that was a tough chance to be fair, wasn't it, Az? Yeah, could have could have taken it for sure, but got uh, got a little bit uh, unsure of where I was in relation to the rope, and then I got yeah. got it in my hands, and then saw that I was about to go over the rope and tried to palm it off. And yeah, yeah. you had gastro though, to be fair, at that point. Not quite, nah, not quite. No, there. Can't blame it on that. But yeah, so so yeah. Anyways, after those two selections, I threw a bit of a tantrum for a couple of weeks and probably let the team slide a little bit. Um, but I've come back this round. I made a few made a few big changes. I put in a few hours of research. Um, but yeah, still wasn't enough to get me over the line. Unfortunately, I think I lost eight hundred and ninety to seven forty three against Nick in the league this week. So yeah, it's got me sitting ninth at the moment. It's a bit disappointing, but I will see if we can bring it back throughout the the rest of the season. Yeah, no, very well done, Skinnel. That's not a bad start, really. Um, you would have to say. Next question uh, goes out to, uh, well, about King Marnus. Um, and the first part of the question is obviously, should we knight people in Australia? Um, and the second part of the question is, should, well, actually, I made up the first part of the question. Yep. Uh, but the genuine second part of the question is, should Marnus play across all formats, given obviously play of the series and the test, uh, hitting them reasonably well, you'd have to say, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, he's, he's gone really well in one-day cricket for Queensland as well, so there's no reason why he shouldn't be picked in the one-day side for Australia. And I think if, you, if you're good enough to play test cricket that well, then then it's fair enough as well that you're picked in the one-day side. Mm. Can um, someone get up his 2020 stat? I actually don't think he's played a great deal of 2020 yeah, cricket, that, and I guarantee they will not be great to read. No, he hasn't um, played many and it hasn't probably done as well as he would have liked definitely not as well as he would have liked in those couple of games but he's he's got the skills there's no reason why he can't dominate t20 cricket um but maybe he just needs a few more few more games to get going get some uh, experience at t20 cricket because it is such a different format and um i always say that it's such it's such a different game to one day cricket playing it at night time shortened shortened format and and that it, it's uh, it's another challenge on its own mm. Very fair. Skin, you got anything for us yet or should I move on? Uh, no, probably move on. I'll get back to you later in the episode if you don't mind, Lethal. All right, fantastic. Um, I also had to mention, guys, that uh, Pistol Pete Coventry wrote in to the podcast. Uh, he's just got on board, big listener, uh, particularly fond of the Luke Feldman interview, which won't shock anyone to know. He was very, very impressive. The Fox obviously has didn't like him as much because he was in the firing line, but, um, but that's all right. I wanted to run a little idea past you as if we could try and get maybe some fortnightly Fox, I think, just so we're in regular contact with him, um, making sure that he's he's providing for the show and probably keeping you grounded at the same time. Yeah, I don't think he's got too much more ammo on me. Hopefully not. He might have saved up a bit. But <laughs> he's probably yeah, he, uh, yeah. No, I, I have him to thank for a lot. He, he made sure we didn't spend too much time out in the dirt when we played Shield games. He bowled pretty well and mm. uh, got us off the field Very pretty quickly, which was nice. Very entertaining character, that's for sure. And uh, you got something, Skin? Uh, I do. I've, I've got a fine for you. Manu's T20 stats, yeah, not very impressive at this stage. He's had seven matches, six innings for a whopping 42 runs at an average of seven. 
So no, okay. not, not quite as impressive as the test stats where he's no. currently averaging 63. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, is, I'm sure. The other, sure the other skill tracks. for his obviously is his bowling. So bowling that's going to be handy. Fields very well too. I think you can see that his economy rate's 11.8 with his bowling at this stage. Um, <laughs> tough at the Gabba as a, as a leg spinner there with the short straight boundaries. But I think his leg spin's going to become pretty handy in T20 cricket in mm. the future. More talented bowler than you, would you say, has or not? Yeah, it probably is, especially uh, especially at night time, bowling, being able to spin it both ways, really tough to pick that wrong. And so, yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, fair. Uh, and then, guys, the other one that was uh, sent in to us by Cam French, this is a very, very good topic of discussion here. Uh, he has sent through the what, what he believes, I guess, to be the biggest 10 Australian sporting stories of the decade and wanted some discussion around this. So we'll go from number 10. I'll try and go through them as quickly as possible. Obviously, the decade, Mitch, 10-year span. Thank you, Lethal. That's all right. Goes from 2010 to 2020. Uh, and number 10, we have Ash Barty, the French Open, 2019. Number nine, Sally Pearson, gold medal, 2012. Number eight is Winx's golden run. Winx is a racehorse, Mitch. Um, really <laughs> number seven, Melbourne Storm salary cap, a breach penalty. Uh, number six was the FFA's failed World Cup bid. Number five was the booing of Adam Goods. Uh, number four was the Phil Walsh death. Uh, number three, Sandpaper Gate. Number two was the Essendon's Supplement Saga. And number one, Phil Hughes's obviously tragic death. Um, what are your thoughts on those? And are there any that you feel like should be in there that aren't in there, I guess, more importantly? Gee, that's hard to spring on us on the, uh, <laughs> yeah, on the spot really here, like 10 years of sporting events. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was on the spot. It's been in the itinerary for a while there. But, <laughs> Jeez, the, um, amount of, the amount of sporting events over the last 10 years needs some serious research just to – there could be one there that deserves to be in the top 10 that someone's if just not thought If you're alluding about. to Sam Hazlitt's debut 100, I have got it <laughs> down here. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't make the top 10. I mean, there's some pretty big things in there, though, to be fair. Yeah, I, I mean, see there's, there's plenty of notable honourable mentions below that as well. But, but, yeah, it's hard to say which one's better than the other. Like, is, is that top 10 actually a number one is better than number two, number three? I mean, it's hard to separate different sports like that. But, yeah. I think true. there wouldn't be too much argument. I'm pretty happy with the top three. I would say that the top three have generated uh, probably the most discussion. And obviously when something like the Phil Hughes tragedy, that's probably changed cricket for in a lot of ways uh, from that point onwards in terms of the helmets that we wear and the terms of where we have to wear helmets uh, and things like that. So that's that's definitely had ongoing effects for a long time. Obviously the supplement saga was huge at the time, but I guess people from outside of AFL would probably – not find that as big of an issue. And then, and definitely Sandpaper Gate was something that sort of Australians just do not like cheating whatsoever. <laughs> so that was something that, I mean, regardless of whether you like cricket or not, we had prime ministers coming out saying don't cheat and Australians don't cheat and stuff. So even people that didn't like cricket, they still got around that. So I think the top three is, is hard to argue with. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, no, I'm pretty happy with those top three, I would think. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Fantastic. Um, now, Haz, you have actually got, I believe, a, uh, a little – not that. I don't know what that was, actually. Um, we had a bit of – Starting the podcast again. Yeah, this is the actual one that I okay. want. Now, that was the outro, in fact, okay. but we're not done yet. Sorry, guys. Um, you've got a little heads up for us about a new segment that you might be putting out on social media. Yeah, I just wanted to give people some, uh, some notice that we – 
might have a new segment coming up where we'll put a bit of a post up on social media platforms before we do the podcast and uh, we want you to write in and, and tell us what you would change if you were in charge of a certain sporting organization or branch of that organization so such as what would you change if you were in charge of the bbl or rugby league scheduling for example could be any range of things uh, but we'll try and not make it too broad but not too confined to something small either so uh so yeah we'll see what we get in a couple of weeks and hopefully we get plenty of fan engagement and then social media users writing in but we'll have our own opinions of two of course mm. have you got an example that you can give as like off the top of your head like a change that you'd like to see in sort of figure skating or <laughs> figure skating that or was the first uh, one we're going with isn't it next yeah, week no. well, I'm an expert on figure skating so <laughs> I could go on for ages with plenty of changes that should be made there I won't bore you with them though. <laughs> now has actually by the way that does remind me that uh, I'm not sure if we put this anywhere else in our little plan but um, one thing that did happen over the Christmas break that I was alluded to by in fact your girlfriend uh, Emily, obviously, and uh, she has informed me that obviously on one of our episodes, I think it was the last one prior to Christmas, we talked about the Highland dancing. Yeah, we did talk about Highland dancing then. What was that? You remember that? Was that fireworks? I don't know. That's weird. Um, anyway, play on. Uh, we got through a storm last time, so we can get through a little bit of yeah, fireworks. That will be right. Uh, so, Has, you have actually been gifted for Christmas some Highland dance lessons which are very, very exciting. And they will be from your mother, who obviously you've spoken about is quite skilled in that particular area. Um, and that's been printed off as a voucher for you. We'll be able to show that to people, in fact, on social media. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep them informed. But basically, you'd sort of said you never learned how to. And there were some people out there that were concerned about that. And they've obviously chosen to fix it for you. Such a thoughtful present, wasn't it? I, got, I actually got it in this big box. I thought I'd got a big, big present, but it was just a, a uh, certificate in the box saying that I was going to get a uh, Scottish dancing lesson. So very nice of Emily's uncle to do that. And, uh, and yeah, well, I'm not sure it cost him too much uh, unless my mum charged him full price for that, for that voucher. But <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's sort of like an IOU token. We used to get those for mum. Yeah, well, surely you guys are joining me. We, uh, we should all do it together, uh, I reckon. There has actually been some discussion about the fact that we may have to join and it may have to be filmed, um, which is obviously not thrilling for us and particularly for Mitch after seeing his efforts in the Bollywood dancing. And I think I'm unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you actually do nothing in your life, so Whoa. I think you'll be all right. <laughs> Tell us what you really think. Stock standards. Yeah. You're always around. You just never do it. You've never got a cool thing that you do. What do you mean? You're this could be your thing. You're a nerd. Okay. The Highland oh, dancing so will be cool for you. Okay, You'll be so a Julio. I need things. the Highland dancing. You actually right, need yeah, it. Yeah. So, but has just clarify. So, you weren't too stoked with that Christmas present? No, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be uh, be a bit of fun. I'm not sure I could commit to doing three or four or five sessions, but yeah, right. I can get through one session. I wear, wear a kilt and chuck the <laughs> chuck the pumps on and do a few. Island flings. Yeah, right, because your, your sort of attitude towards that reminded me a little bit of, of my Christmas presents from, from Lethal, which were all uh, podcasting kit. <laughs> ironically, not on one of the list. things is meant to make you talk into the microphone more and you're still struggling to do it. So yeah, yeah, what number mic Because you, you put this way. Okay, oh, you've just turned just me muted you, so yeah, actually, yeah. have you fixed it? No, you've put the thing on my left, but you're sitting on my right, and I want to talk to you, so it's tough. But I'll, I'll work it out. Look, Mitch, you might have got me there. I, I maybe at first I was hoping that I would let the voucher run out of date, and <laughs> then I wouldn't be able to redeem it in time. But uh, 
Unfortunately not, has. Yeah, look, if you reminded me, so I probably have to do it now, don't I? <laughs> yeah, the worst thing is it, that it's a combination deal, though, a little meal deal, so we're going to have to go with you as well. Speaking of meal deals, by the way, did you see there's a KFC that's open just 100 metres away from my house? That is very dangerous. <laughs> it genuinely twists the arm after a long day in the field. Uh, yeah, very tough, Lethal. Um, has he, I wanted to ask you, well, Lethal's already sort of hinted at it because he's – uh, not very great at reading the the plan that you've written up here for the episode, but I wanted to ask you about how your health is going. I'm sure it's something that a lot of our listeners are very worried about. Well, skin on just has his health is obviously paramount to my life, so it was the first thing oh, I yeah, thought right. of when okay. we started the podcast. Uh, okay, good recovery. Thank you. Um, so, has I noticed you've you've missed the last couple of Brisbane Heat games, and I, I follow you on Instagram, so I saw you were in hospital for a couple of days, mate. Can you give us the rundown? How are you? Are you, you going to be okay, etc? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm here now, so. It's Okay. Uh, well, the day after our New Year's Eve or New Year's Day game on the Gold Coast against the Scorchers, we flew to Hobart, and my guts were no good all morning. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I brought up my breakfast on the flight down to Hobart and Ooh. spent the afternoon and plenty of the next day down in the hospital room in Hobart with a bad gastro bug, which wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, I won't go through too many of the details there uh, <laughs> of what you. was happening. <laughs> so, so to not spoil the food of any of our listeners that might currently be eating, but it was a tough couple of days. Uh, it did mean I had to stay in Hobart an extra couple of days longer than the rest of the team, so I didn't pass it on to anyone else. I was quarantined a little bit there. So, yeah, ruled out for, for two games, but all good now. Right. Okay. So you were you were literally stuck in Hobart by yourself, sort of thing. Just no, thankfully, Hobart. Emily flew down. She uh, she got a, got a plane ticket and came down and... So we sat at uh, opposite ends of the hotel room, so she right. didn't pick it up off me. But uh, but yeah, had some had some. Uh, <laughs> just the point of her coming there and sitting at the other end of the hotel room. Uh, I don't know, um, but we comforting presence. Yeah, it's it's a, a long game in Monopoly. Oh, she got a free uh, free holiday. She got to go up Mount Wellington and check it out and Salamanca Markets. So. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, right. Fair, yeah, well, but, uh, can't complain with that. So, but yeah, don't worry. Not contagious. You don't have to wear any face masks or anything at the moment. Um, uh, it's all okay, good. good yeah. But on the plus yeah. side, my room did get clean. Mm-hmm. I'm pleased you told us that 21 minutes into the episode. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. Vincent with you or not. Thanks, yeah. Has. <laughs> That's right. What do you mean your room got clean? While you, while you were stuck in Hobart, did you, you living at home with your parents, did they get onto it for you? <laughs> well, I do still live with them and they, they did do it for me, but it wasn't actually my fault this time. It was their fault. Uh, my dad flooded the laundry, leaving the tap on at our house and, and my room is unfortunately next door to the laundry. And so the water flooded across and into my room and uh, yeah, so my room had to be emptied out, cleaned, cleaned, dried and uh, rearranged. Can the flooding. Uh, so go, I wasn't Glenn write a song about it for us, do you reckon? He might have to. <laughs> be a traumatic moment, I think, for him. Yeah, how does he manage that? <laughs> Well, we got a really slow running tap and it's a big tub. So he was filling up the tub with the with the plug in and thought he'd go go away and do something in the meantime. And three hours later, the power went out. He was upstairs and he was wondering why the power went out. So he went downstairs and realized he'd let the, uh, uh, let the tap on for three hours and it was yeah, about right. ankle, ankle uh, deep downstairs. This one Let's go out to Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good use, Lethal. Well done. Yeah, no worries at all, guys. Um, that's good. All right. Is everyone happy there? Yeah. Very happy. Yeah, pretty happy. We've, well, we've rambled responsibly for that. close. He's given him. He's given him. Peter Settle's got a hat-trick on his birthday. Champion, 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 champion. All right, cricket. So it was a while ago now, but Australia did beat New Zealand in the Boxing Day Has, test. Can I stop you there for a second? Obviously, it's unlike me to interrupt you. Uh, but we should also mention that Peter Siddle 
retired from international cricket, obviously, in our break as well, which we didn't mention on social media, but just because we played the jingle there, I felt like it's important that we obviously uh, sort of, as a mark of respect, everyone just quickly take their headphones off and don't actually do it. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And we've done that now. How's I definitely would have missed the moment if we didn't do it right then. So I'm glad we did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In our four thousand word cricket rap here, we couldn't possibly have snuck that in anywhere else. Well, look, you can take over if you want, Lee. I mean, yeah. uh, but no, we, we Australia did beat New Zealand at the MCG by two hundred and forty-seven runs, and as you probably would have seen if you were following us on social media platforms, that Lee, you were down there for the whole game as part of Marnus mm. Labuschagne's entourage. Entourage. So uh, I'll let you run, run run everyone through your adventure. Down down there in Melbourne and how it went. Yeah, okay. Well, no, it was quality. Obviously, it's always been on the bucket list going to the Boxing Day test. Um, I was very, very excited to get there. It wasn't a great flight time, sort of very early in the morning, but we raced straight from the airport to the ground. Uh, Manus had faced 16 balls at that stage, and as we walked into the ground, he hit a four. Uh, so we were like, geez, this could be unbelievable. Obviously, took our seats and, and watched him sort of grind there and uh, get his way to 63. And then was bowled off of his elbow, which was uh, very interesting, really. We probably rarely see that, leaving onto the elbow and bowled. Um, but then obviously got to see some really good cricket over the next couple of days, certainly in sort of Travis Head uh, scoring 114, which was great because he's probably the one person that batting order that – well, I mean, people – critics, I guess, they always need something to write about and the people on social media need something to write about. So they sort of rotate through whoever hasn't scored runs for the last two innings, I guess, but Travis Head was that yeah. person. So now it's burned. Now it's back to burns. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then it'll be Matt Wade again. Yeah. Uh, so head obviously 114 and then Tim Payne who we're obviously big supporters of uh, 79 as well um, Neil Wagner again the pick of the New Zealand bowlers took 7 for the match and then Tom Bundell uh, came into the side and opened the batting after batting 8 in his debut game uh, and made 121 in the second innings so then obviously Marnus second innings 19 run out uh, I spat the dummy and booked a flight to Adelaide straight away and then got fresh out of there so we just supposed- because he didn't score 100 so he didn't get on TV as much. I mean, if you were there for the Sydney game, Mm. you would have been standing next to his parents. You would have got a lot of TV time and would have got mentioned and, you know, he could have could have yeah. made the podcast massive. We could have got thousands more followers for the podcast if they mentioned yeah. that Lee Drennan from the League of Chocolates <laughs> podcast was watching his mate Marnus back. Yeah, I'm sure that's how they would have yeah. introduced me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Drennan from the League of the Chocolates podcast. Uh, no, that's a good point, Hans. I'm sorry about that. I couldn't go to the SCG test uh, because – I was back having an absolute dream of a game uh, on Saturday and then Sunday as well for Redlands, as you would have seen. So, a couple of T20s, yeah. A mm, couple of T20s. So we had our own cricket and I was uh, really good. Yeah, talk us through your contribution if you don't mind, Luther. Have you got a minute? Yeah, I've got a minute. Um, shouldn't take it long. shouldn't take long. No, <laughs> super coach uh, points. I think I scored 20 on the first day. 21 because I got a stumping uh, and then six on the second day. So well, the first day I batted and I faced four balls and got out three times, which was unbelievable. So it's a very good effort. And then on the Sunday I batted and got to six, was killing it, and then ran out Smithy and then got out next ball. Yeah, so yeah, Smithy the set batsman. Smithy the set batsman who was whacking them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's one of those dream weekends you <laughs> well, hear about. While we're on club cricket, we probably should mention, I don't think it's in the plan, that a uh, very good friend of the show, Andrew Goad, had a stunning performance there for Valleys oh, with his, yes. I'm not sure the exact numbers, but I know I think it was about- 79, which is a new record for first grade 2020 cricket. Certainly in Queensland, I don't know about Australia wide, but you don't see those numbers pop up no. very often. 
Uh, so I would have to think that it's and 1962 has I know you mm. but was that yeah. I might have made that up I think it was yeah, I'll, I'll double check for you Lethal I thought it was 17, 17 I'll find out how many balls yeah. it was off and such but I wanted to ask on this because it sort of begs the question is someone going to hit a double hundred in a 2020 yeah someone will for sure someone you would will. think at some stage yeah, yeah. Good question, though, Skinner. I think Thanks. you'll probably be the one to do it. Is that yeah. what you're asking? Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. My scores of, of eight and fourteen <laughs> on the weekend <laughs> really make it make that um, look likely. Uh, someone's doing it. Uh, it always cracks me up too. Like looking at Goaty's. So obviously, that made some serious highlights. That video, which my yeah. cricket got around in Queensland cricket, and everyone that gets on and commentates, well, not commentates, but comments on it, saying like worst bowling attack ever. It was just like. Because they're obviously not going to put in a highlights package the good balls that he blocks to the bowler. Mm. Like, they're obviously going to put in the highlights package the ones that look like pies that he melts 15 rows back. Uh, so it's just oh, it's just amazing. So one of these days, I'm actually going to get these people's names and just look up their My Cricket record <laughs> and screenshot it back to them and go, listen, mate, you average eight for some Gibbons and C3s. Just go and have a spell of the lengthy proportion, please. <laughs> Um, now, where were we prior to that, Has? Well, probably up to the SCG test if we're done with the MCG, the New Year's test after that. Oh, yeah. So, the MCG, uh, SCG test. Now, this there was obviously a little bit of controversy here on day one because there were mass changes for New Zealand uh, because obviously can't be confirmed or denied, but there have been obviously reports of some of them coming into contact with Haz's lips uh, <laughs> and, uh, and getting some sort of sickness, the same as what he had. So they had obviously Williamson out, Nichols out with sickness. Was Sander out with sickness or crapness? Well, he hadn't been going too well, but I think yeah. he was sick yeah, too. I think he, yeah. was, he was sick as well. Uh, and then they binned Tim Southie too, which obviously a few commentators were very unhappy with. Uh, yeah. So they just had they just had mass changes really, didn't they? Yeah, they had, they had a different lineup. But mm. yeah, what did you think of Tim Southie getting punted? Because I didn't think he was that crap. Oh, I thought they had to pick him. I don't know why they would drop him. They said that they thought Matt Henry had a bit more zip and pace to his bowling and maybe yeah. Sally would be a bit tired, but Sally swings the ball very well. And I, I think Matt Henry, I, I saw something come up about his average being over 40, I'm pretty sure, in test cricket, close to 50 maybe even. So um, it's pretty hard to bring him in. Uh with Tim Southey averaging in the 20s for the series, but yeah. that's what they went with. Well, as we've spoken about, Marnus certainly didn't find him overly difficult to face by the looks of things. Um, now, the Aussies obviously stuck with the same lineup. Obviously, they brought in Mitch Swepson into the squad, which I thought was great, uh, but it was probably always going to do it tough to never any reason really to change uh, that lineup, despite obviously Shane Warne saying that everyone yeah. should get rested. <laughs> we should play Mitch Swepson by himself, <laughs> so open the batting and the bowling. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll sue us for saying that. Yeah, no, so give yeah, Lyon so a break right. and then he takes 10 for the match. Not bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Nathan Lyon, lucky he had a rest there. <laughs> um, and then Marnus obviously finishing as man of the match and man of the series as well. Now, um, being serious though, we, we spoke about sort of the bushfires at the, uh, at the start of the episode. One thing that I have found uh, unreal, obviously throughout this time, is just Australia's ability uh, to stick together and to find people. So such a shame, Warren. He's actually auctioned his baggy green. I'm not sure what the current bid's up to, but that's uh, that's probably like a, a fairly sacred item for certainly for someone of his talent and his uh, career. And he's put that up uh, for auction and obviously in, in an attempt to raise as many funds as possible for anyone affected by bushfires. Uh, Dane Beams has put up his premiership medal from 2010. There's heaps and heaps of obviously 
uh, examples of, of people that are just willing to to get down in the trenches and actually help. So that's been very inspiring to watch, I must say, as much as we've sort of taken the piss out of Shane Warne there about his Nathan Lyon resting idea, what he then what he then did mid test match I thought was pretty remarkable uh, and very impressive that is for sure so oh, that's great see. yeah and if you if you are willing to donate a couple of hundred thousand dollars to charity then it's nice to then get Shane Warne's baggy as yeah, as, a, a, yeah. as an extra on top yeah. of that well that's right it's going to be worth a lot in a few years time there will certainly be people out there that that would that would go very well in the pool room I would think yeah definitely excellent um, how's you want to take us through a little bit of BBL stuff <laughs> Yeah, well, not quite halfway through the competition yet, but very close with most teams playing seven games now, which is half of their games. Uh, Melbourne Stars on top of the ladder, very impressive after winning five of their six. I think they've only played six so far. Sydney Sixers have also been impressive, five from seven. Uh, I was going to say, I think the Sydney Thunder have probably been, probably been the surprise packet of the comp so far, starting much better than many have thought. Uh, I have a couple of losses in there, but unlucky not to have another point to their name after sharing the points in Canberra after the game was abandoned four balls short of what would have constituted an official match, which Callum Ferguson wasn't too happy about. Uh, but yeah, the Duckworth-Lewis method could have been used to decide a winner after that over was finished. Um, and the Thunder were in a very strong position against the strikers at that point. Yeah, and uh, the Thunder were obviously affected by Duckworth-Lewis again last night too, weren't they? And probably yeah. didn't do them any favours <laughs> there either. No, it didn't. I think they were outplayed and I think that shortened format favoured the Heat. But, uh, but yeah, another harsh one, which is mm. which is tough. Uh, I think they were, they were chasing, which they probably would have liked. Most teams like chasing in a shortened game like that. Mm. Uh, but Heat were just too Not good. Not when you have to hit yeah. every ball for six though. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that makes it a little bit harder. Yeah, Correct. It's too tough. But uh, the, yeah. Yeah, and then and then so in terms of the ladder has, there's a bit of a bit of a jam from third to seventh, pretty much, isn't there? With I think everyone's sort of on three wins, and then and then the obvious outlier down the bottom is the Renegades, who who won the comp last year and are now sitting none from seventh. Yeah, I mean they've got a pretty similar lineup to last year as well, the Renegades, and uh, and just shows you 2020 cricket, the fickleness of it. Anything can happen. Anyone can beat anyone on the day, and yeah. the Renegades haven't played terrible cricket. They've just been outplayed every every match. Yeah, right. And what about one one sort of one of the well, one of the few changes I think that they've brought in this season to the BBL has been the gold caps, which has been worn by by the player with the most runs and the most wickets, I believe. What is has anyone got an opinion on that? Uh, I actually quite like it, to be honest. I, I mean, it's um, it's kind of weird because it seems to change every single game, particularly with the the batting one. Definitely, yeah. Um, that genuinely actually does change all the time. Like Callum Ferguson wears it for an innings, and then in the second innings, Saunders goes past him and he gets it. <laughs> so it's quite it certainly changes a great deal with that many with that many games going on. But oh, I think it's cool. Like it adds a bit of a it's a stinker looking hat, but. It, oh, yeah. It's cool that you sort of look and go, oh, man, that guy's had a good tournament. Yeah, I agree. And, and for the same reason as you, I agree. I mean, we've also seen, yeah, Felipe, Carey, Renshaw, Lynn, just to name a few others who have worn it. I mean, it could have easily been a guy gets 100 in the first game, goes on a bit of a run early on and, and then keeps the hat for the rest of the comp. But it's been pretty cool to see different people wear it and mm. share it around. And uh, and I reckon we should actually have a cap for most catches too because that might be one I'll be close to getting. Mm. So yeah. yeah, you'd have to be up there actually. Should we have a cap for least words spoken on a podcast? Because 
Yeah, I'd have that one comfortably. Yeah. Sure. Oh, you've been pretty good this podcast, I reckon. Oh, thanks, Hazzy. Yeah, I've, I've made an effort for you tonight, mate. But, yeah, no, it's not not my strong point. I'm not sure how I got the gig. I might have lied on the <laughs> resume, but... <laughs> you were genuinely the Stephen Bradbury. We didn't remember. Correct. You were just there, ready to go. No, yeah, I don't mind that one, Has. Uh, what's your next question, Mitch? You've got a few talking points, I think, from the BBL, don't uh, you? Yeah, other one from the BBL, other major change is obviously that they've brought in a compulsory timeout for the batting team which yeah. I mean in my opinion harms does oh, anyone, yeah. anyone oh it is a stinker I, I watched uh, Has walk out the other day actually when uh, they had like one of these timeouts and you were like the next batsman in or something I think mm. and yeah. you literally just looked like you were standing there like what the heck am I doing yeah, yeah there's not too much to talk about and yeah, as a player I think it's a bit unnecessary I think the first time we did it the coach came out and said, well, look, guys, we're basically just taking the time out now because we have to take it at some stage. So we thought we'd get it out of the way early. Um, so, yeah, keep doing your thing. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, most of the time we're searching for anything extra to say because most of the plans for bowls have been made pre-game. The batters speak when required out in the middle and, and the incoming batsmen come in with messages from the dugout when wicket falls anyway. So if anything, I think it just stops the batters' momentum, even though it was originally brought in to help the batters. Mm. Yeah, right. I reckon when you go out to the next one, has just have like this sound effect ready to go. Would that lift the mood or not really? I'm not sure I'm going to have that sound effect ready, but I can't. <laughs> has, come on. Yeah, work with this, has. Yeah. Um, uh, what is, yeah, I had another thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Everyone, so players on, players on the mic has been a little bit of a talking point this year. I've... I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what I think of it. There's just been so many times where commentators have like gone to a player on the mic, and it's always the captain that seems to be wearing it. Like the other night in that in that Brisbane Heat versus uh, Thunder game when Benton was on a rampage, they tried to go to Callum Ferguson to get his opinion on what was happening as Arjun was getting hit for five sixes in a row. I just. Oh. I don't think the captain's keen to have a chat. Sure, Ferg was really, really keen to. We're just jumping down to Callum Ferguson. Callum, what's happening in there? Uh, well, he's been deposited four times in a row, so it's probably not the best mood you'll catch me in. Yeah, and yeah. I'm pretty sure they're not supposed to leave it on while they're talking to teammates about plans. They're supposed to cross to them for direct conversation and then turn it off. And, and last game when I was watching, there was a lot of just conversations between players because they, they crossed to them and then they didn't have time to talk. Mm. Um, yeah. I, th- I think it's an awesome thing for viewers to see. I just don't see how Cricket Australia allow it because even though there are regulations of what you can and can't say, the broadcasters are always pushing the boundaries and the players don't have time to think fast enough when they're crossed to. They just respond with what comes first to mind. Uh, I can't help but think that some of what's said, it really affects the, the players' decisions sometimes and, and – or just the bookmakers and punters out there that are deciding what to put their money on next. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And I just feel like they, the commentator's job is literally to like identify what's going on in the game and go, this is probably what I would be doing. Like they're paid to be an expert commentator because they've played in the game usually. Um, and so they're often up there saying like, oh, this is what I'd be doing and try and get them to hit the short boundary and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know how it works with when the microphone's turned on and when it's not and stuff, but so surely some of them have got to be going, actually, that's not a bad idea. I might do that. Maybe I'll have to get on the mic <laughs> yeah, uh, right. next game and yeah, give some feedback. Do you want me to talk to you, Haz? I'll have yeah, a few definitely. ideas for you. See if I can get a word in on the podcast about the podcast and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, spread the news. little name that's drop. Smart, Thanks, Haz. Well, I bought a little, we can mic you up. We can just do our own like mic'd up version if you want. <laughs> I've just been waiting to bowl. I didn't want to wear the wear the whole microphone and and uh, 
Mm. And the earpiece, well, if I, if I was going to bowl. Wishful but thinking I 101. <laughs> I haven't bowled yet, I so I don't think I'm going to get a chance to bowl. So maybe, <laughs> no, I, maybe no, I should put the can, microphone yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, just on the uh, Tom Benton uh, innings that you mentioned the other day, I've got one of these. Okay, guys, I came across this one on Fox Sports. Um, this is uh, just on after watching some highlights of Tom Benton's innings. Fox Sports have put up that. Uh, and Jim, let me just grab it for you. Jim says, this Tom Benton guy is a great find for Australian cricket. Mm. Five sixes in a row, he finishes the comment with. <laughs> like, now, uh, Jim, we certainly can't argue with your ability to count. There were five sixes in a row. The one issue... In this particular scenario, is that he is one of those English citizens, <laughs> uh, yes. so won't be a great find for Australian cricket. I wouldn't have thought. What rock has he been under that he hasn't <laughs> heard the commentators speak about him being English? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. I really don't know. Has but then that's how he probably got into the social sim bin, I guess. So yeah, that's true. <sighs> Deary me, honestly. Um, but uh, that's that's on the batting side of things. There's obviously been some ridiculously impressive bowling performance as well. Uh, Sean Abbott actually was the top wicket taker. He had one of those yellow caps on, but he's uh, succumbed to a side strain now, which has ruled him out of Australia's upcoming ODI tour, where I think the players leave on Thursday. Uh, so that's very close. They go straight over there, and they're only there for like 10 days. I reckon. Quick tour. It's a, it's a real quick tour. And then they're back for a couple of BBL games as well. Uh, so left arm of Daniel Sams from the Sydney Thunder is now the current top wicket taker. What about this one, guys? Harris Ralph uh, is one that no one saw coming because obviously the Melbourne Stars, who have won every game, I think, haven't they? They're mm. dominating. Uh, but they obviously signed Dale Stain as their international. He was injured and got Harris Ralph as so like a replacement international and he has just torn it up every time he's played but then obviously you can only have two internationals playing so he's even struggling to get a game despite the fact that he usually takes more than four wickets when he does play yeah. third on the wicket takers list with hardly playing any games that's so, right yeah right. just came over to Australia to play a bit of club cricket in Tassie and uh, and yeah gets a contract after a, I don't know a couple of good performances down there someone saw him play in the Pakistan league I guess it was I think and uh, yeah bowls absolute rockets so Mm. Yeah, he's played well. That is helpful. That's for sure. Yeah, Good. Right. Are we still on cricket? Has we had one more? So I feel like we had one more story that we wanted to. Uh, yeah. we wanted to take. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got the last talking point for us from the BBL lethal. If that's all right, um, Marcus Stoinis has been fined. I think just fined for a homophobic slur in in his most recent BBL game. I don't know. He hasn't been suspended or anything, has he? No, no. I mean, I don't think there was any malice intended again, but it mostly just came out without him thinking about it. Uh, in the past, these sort of things have probably been said on the cricket field with not much thought going into them or meaning behind them without any ramifications because no one thought much of them, uh, those comments at the time. But but now they are and they're being picked up and they definitely have potential to affect people and players probably need to make a real conscious effort to think before they speak and choose their words carefully. Mm. Yeah, it seems like just like a, a silly one, obviously in like the heat of the battle because I've heard Marcus Stoinis talk in an interview before about how he actually loves Kane Richardson like when he did like the Incredible Hulk celebration to him in last year's BBL and stuff like that. Yeah. He really loved that celebration and battle and found it amusing and stuff. So obviously it's just sort of – 
in the heat of the moment. Uh, the the thing that people need to realise is because I've read lots and lots of comments saying that uh, why does Marcus Stoinis not get suspended when James Pattinson did? Um, James Pattinson, I think I'm correct in saying he has that. It was obviously due to prior misdemeanours, wasn't it? Yeah, it was his third misdemeanour, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, essentially where we are at there. All right, um, let's change topics. There's a couple of sports that we don't talk about probably as much here, but they've uh, been quite prevalent in the last couple of weeks. What have we got? Uh, we have tennis and golf is is next on the list. And yeah, we don't talk about them too often and I'm no expert, so I'll probably say something stupid here that a listener can hopefully correct me on. But um, Australia is currently hosting the first ever ATP Cup, which is a, a tennis tournament between 24 competing nations, I believe. Um, in the lead up to the Aussie Open. So it's, it's played across across three cities. I think there's, uh, last I checked, there was a game going on in Brisbane at the moment. I think Curios was was dusting Tsitsipas from Greece. Once so at all nice. at the moment. Mm. Is it? Um, also, just uh, while we're on the topic, Curios, similar type of uh, arrangement here. He was obviously also the first person to sort of go out on a limb and say, can Tennis Australia organise something as a fundraiser for bushfire victims? Uh, and then he was the first person to get the ball rolling with his sort of $250 promise for every ace that he serves throughout the entire summer uh, right. of tennis. And then obviously people like, well, other tennis players jumped on board, but then certainly that started the ball rolling in terms of cricket as well with Chris Lynn jumping on board. We saw Matt Renshaw, yeah. Darcy Short, Glenn Maxwell jump on board. So hats off to Nick Curios. He started quite a movement there again for, for a very positive contribution. Yeah, right. So that sort of... Roller coaster of emotions with Curios continues. Then I think we hated Correct. him last time we spoke about yeah, him, didn't we? Right. Yeah. Now, he's, no. now he's a legend. <laughs> yep. Thanks, mate. Yep. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Australia, I think, beat Germany first, 3 0, and then Canada, 3 0. And yeah, currently versus Greece and has, I think, they're up 1 0, and, and one set all is according to you. So thanks, That's mate. Big, big news, actually. It's funny. The organisers made a mistake early on. They played the national anthem of Romania instead of Moldova when Moldova was versing Belgium. So um, probably not, yeah, a, right. not one you want to make. That's pretty <laughs> embarrassing. And uh, although plenty of us in Australia would not know the difference between the Romanian and the Moldovan anthem, I certainly wouldn't yeah. know the difference. No, I couldn't tell you anything about either of those. But I would think if I were hosting a major event with 24 nations, I'd probably at least do a Google search or yeah, something. probably do some research yeah. prior to, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> Double check it with someone else. Yeah. Mm, that's right. <laughs> Very good. Um, and then moving on to golf, which I also don't know a heap about. We probably should add Baze on the episode to give us a, give us a rundown of the golf. But, mm, um, well, it's 11 o'clock and he went to bed at eight, so yeah, no sure. I struggled. I would also have loved that, but that's all right. Thanks. It's <laughs> lethal. Sacrificial lambskin. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so we've got, got a little note here from Hazzy, who's, do, who's done a bit of homework for us. Adam Scott has won his second Australian PGA championship on the Gold Coast. Does anyone anyone know more than I do about this? Or? Yeah, it took me a long time to research that. <laughs> yeah. uh, one sentence is really good. <laughs> we were actually, it was actually at the same uh, resort that we were staying at. There's a golf club where they, where they played that compact, but we were staying for the cricket matches down for Metricon. So, a lot of the boys were watching. They'd go down out of the out of the hotel room and watch the golf because they're uh, they're keen golfers and and yeah they uh, they they enjoyed that. Mm. Yeah, right. I just love looking at at our at our note here, like just how biased we are. This just, just emphasizes the fact that you definitely shouldn't be coming to us for for sort of unbiased news. We've written like maybe seven hundred words on cricket, and then we squeeze tennis and golf in together in five <laughs> lines. <laughs> Well, they're pretty much the same sports. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. yeah. Now, nah, we'll, in fairness, we'll do a lot of tennis chat 
uh, when the Australian opens on. Yeah, okay. All right, looking forward to that. Guaranteed. Um, now, Haz, uh, this is obviously something that we usually try and talk you out of doing, uh, but we've let you do it this week because it's quite topical given that our episode 29 is actually an interview uh, with someone that you would probably consider a hero, really, uh, Harley Ingleby. And can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, he's a two-time world champion longboard surfer, so uh, it was pretty cool to get him on board. And um, I've watched a lot of his surfing videos on his Instagram page, and he's incredible. So uh, it was awesome to speak to him. So that'll be coming out soon. Mm. But I think yeah, he's definitely got you guys have, you know, caught the bug thanks to him, and, yeah, and you've let me speak have. about. But for that surfing. reason, we've. Uh, yeah, so for that reason, we have let you do a little bit of a surfing rap here. It has, so commence that. Beautiful. I'll try and get through it pretty quickly for you, uh, but there are some pretty interesting points coming out of it. So Kelly Slater won his third triple crown of surfing, which is the best surfer from the three competitions in Hawaii, including the two QS events at Haleiwa, Sunset Beach, and Pipeline. Pretty impressive at age, the age of 47. Uh, he's got 11 titles to his name, uh, world titles, that is. Uh, but he actually turned vegan last year. I'm not sure if he still is, but I can only assume that he would Game be. Game changers. Yeah. Mm, so you'd be happy about that, Have Mitch. you watched that yet? The Game Changers. Yeah, I have. I'm, yeah, I'm stoked about that, has he? I, 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 I hope he's carrying on. I can't see why he wouldn't, especially if he's watched Game Changers. I'm sure it'll help him continue surfing many years past 47. Proof, That's isn't it? Proof in the pudding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One. Huh? What's happened to your voice, though? Did you download the Darren Lockyer app? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I have. I'm, <laughs> I need a cough, but this mic's too close to my mouth after all this. Turn it off, then, you, Keith. <laughs> All right, continue, Haz. Yeah, well, on the women's side, Carissa Moore won her fourth women's world surfing title this year. It was knocked out in the final event of the year in Maui by the eventual winner, Aussie Steph Gilmore. So it was good to see Steph win that event. Now, the runner-up at the event was Aussie Tyler Wright, who is a two-time world champion. But what makes that even a greater achievement in that event is that it was her first competition in 18 months after she was bedridden with a virus that affected her brain function. It was pretty life-threatening from what I hear. So, uh, right. yeah, it was a good effort to come back and, and do that in the last event of the year. Oh, nice. Uh, but the world champ, Carissa Moore, actually decided, interesting decision, it was to take a break from competitive surfing next year after 10 years on tour. So she's going to have a year off, which is a massive decision when you're on top of your game. You've just been world crowned world champion in a career that you can't necessarily do forever. Um, um, however, Kelly Slater has done it for quite a while. <laughs> um, so what would have made that decision even harder is that this was actually the first year the World Surf League has decided to pay men and women equally, which would have resulted in a big pay rise for the women. Uh, but I'm sure she has her reasons, so good on her. Um, and the men's world title came down to the final of the Pipe Masters, where the winner out of Gabe Medina and Italo Ferreira would be crowned the champion. It's low won the encounter, so he also won his first world title, and it was an emotional one and, and, the, uh, and one of the most emotional aftermaths I've seen in sport, obviously meaning incredible amount to Italo. Uh, I'd also like to pump up my own tires um, after I commented during <laughs> I commented during the first event of the year that I thought Italo would win the world title and I mentioned that in an earlier episode of the podcast that you can check. So well, I'm, I'm sure you'll really. check for us. you go back and record it and yeah. <laughs> send it Get to us. On the Instagram <laughs> right. Should have put some money on it, but obviously that was never going to happen. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but many were happy to see that as the result in the final and believe it was karma for Medina to lose after, this, after his encounter in an early earlier round with Kiowa Belly. And oh, it was, is this what we got tagged in a few times on Facebook, didn't we? Yeah, well, we actually spoke about an interference between Medina and, and Obelli earlier this, this year, in a, or earlier la, or later last year, mm. in an uh, episode on the podcast. And yeah, our, our mate at Redlands Tigers uh, 
asked us to speak about this. So Jamie Ryan asked us to talk about it. And so um, it's not just me forcing you to talk about it. He, uh, he asked for it's it. It's you and one other person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this time in the dying seconds of the heat, Abelli needed a 4.63 out of 10 for his next wave to win the heat. And he had priority. So the wave was his as he wanted. If he wanted it, a small wave came through. Abelli chose to take it. Medina saw Abelli take the wave. And he knew Abelli had priority and had first choice, but he still dropped in on him and took the wave for himself. So Medina was therefore penalized with interference, meaning only his highest scoring wave counted towards his heat total instead of his two highest scoring waves. The heat was over and everyone was in disbelief at that stage that Medina could have made such a big brain fade. They're like, what is mm. he doing? The, the world title's on the line. How can he make this mistake? Until we realized that Medina actually had still won the heat because his single best wave was better than Abelli's two best waves in total, um, which doesn't happen too often, but it did in this case. And commentator Barton Lynch described it as possibly the cleverest tactical move in the history of surfing. Uh, but there were very many people unhappy with it. And because, you know, seeing someone like dropping, dropping in on someone as a surfer is one of the worst things you can possibly do, especially when it's intentional. And yeah, don't um, people fight it like cool and gather and oh, well, stuff about like, about getting dropped in on like yeah. it literally causes chaos yeah. yeah even when it's accidental yeah um, so yeah that was a big thing and, and a guy called Mark on Facebook called it the underarm bowl of surfing so that was his take on it that's a great comparison I love that yeah, see cross sports yeah so that, that's, that means means quite a lot to him um, and yeah said that Medina had lost a world of respect and interestingly enough there's actually a segment in the World Surf League rulebook that states if an interference is intentional unsport sportsmanlike and serious that the commissioner's office can basically Basically, impose any penalty they would like, including giving the surfer zero points for the heat, resurfing the heat, or taking championship points off the surfer. However, and that would they have meant didn't. Yeah, yeah. So at that stage, that would have meant Medina. If any of those had been, you know, sanctioned on him, he would have no chance of winning the world title. But he was still able to because uh, they didn't impose any surely. any uh, sanctions on him. No, okay. But surely that means like, he meets all three of those criteria there. Like that was obviously intentional, unsportsmanlike, and and serious. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they decided that it wasn't unsportsmanlike. That he that it was sort of smart and it was game gamesmanship, which is yeah. Right, there you go. Not, it's okay. I don't know about that game, but that sounds terribly unsportsmanlike to me. But oh well, carry on. Mm. Well, there was a few people obviously not happy with it. <laughs> Has what are you saying? Unsportsmanlike? Have you bitten him? Yeah. Yeah, unsportsmanlike. Nice. Thanks, Haz. Getting off the fence. Well done, Haz. <laughs> um, now, guys, I did obviously refer to this earlier in the episode, but uh, one thing that we do obviously love on the podcast is writing songs. Um, one thing that you probably like less is listening to them, but that's fine. Uh, we've got to find a happy medium there. Uh, and so, has essentially what has happened here is that we've actually uh, had a song randomly sent into us by an anonymous source uh, and just said, no credit required, but I do want you guys to sing it if you like it. We read it. We did most certainly like it. Um, you would have heard, I guess, this song at some point. So you'll you be familiar with that. Great tune. Torn, uh, Natalie and Brugula. Be surprised if that's how you say it. But no. yeah, well, <laughs> not how you say it at all. Yeah. But, but, um, it is, yeah, has pointed out that what did you, what did you say no, about Not that? originally by her. That yeah. is, apparently, she's about the, the fourth cover of it or something you reckon has, but just sort of the most mainstream one. Yeah, no, I did enjoy that song growing up. I thought it was a good song. So, uh, hmm. but we we were fortunate enough to have our very own Natalie and Bruglia come to the mm. uh, the podcast studio. Well, I mean, let's not say that has. I think uh, what's important to note here is obviously the song is potentially written by someone 
that's probably a bowler, I would say, in cricket because it is about uh, cricket umpires <laughs> or right. penguins, as they refer to them as. Um, now, that uh, it put us in an awkward position, didn't it, Has Because we were like unsure about mm. singing it and then getting gunned on the weekend by an umpire. <laughs> so we obviously had to- uh, It has rates his bowling very highly, but I don't know mm. if you're passionate enough to be writing a song like this. Oh, has no. So obviously, uh, we had to actually just implore sort of auto-tune as an option. Um, so this is still <laughs> us singing, isn't it? Oh, us? Okay. oh, it's definitely us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know we use auto-tune. Yeah. No, it has. Who is actually singing for it to? Yeah, so I mean, we thought about singing it, but you have to have a pretty good voice to sing this song and it probably was out of our depth in terms of I mean, notes. I argued with that. I thought that was stiff on me, but... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I could get high enough to reach those notes, but you probably could, but... Well, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my, my girlfriend's cousin, Eliza Doman, actually uh, decided to come in and help us out and, and she's got an incredible singing voice. So she does a very good job and uh, it's an interesting... Interesting one to see her. It's quite funny hearing it. Hearing it. <laughs> she sings. She sings very well, which we don't usually do. Uh, yeah. But Lee was actually on the guitar, so instead of having good music and bad singing, we had good singing and bad music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a nice change up. I think it's like the back of the hand slowable. Skin, anything to add? Uh, no, no, I'm happy with that intro. Let's let's give it a listen. All right, this is how it went.
walked in front, he signaled by My enthusiasm has run dry That's what's going on No more fight, I'm on I'm all out of faith With every appeal I'm hot and out of breath Falling uphill is a chore Decisions never changed F*** me dead, I squeal Your own report and the batter must have Leprechaun, I'm all out of faith. Hands on heads, I kneel. I'm hot and out of breath, bound and broken on the floor. Sorry's a little late. I wish you were gone. Okay, everyone, and that was the song titled Mourn, uh, obviously a parody of the song Torn. Uh, speaking about some, we just need to clarify again, please, before we bat on the week. We did not write that song. Uh, and obviously it was written by someone that's probably more of a bowler uh, and has had some bad experiences with umpires. <laughs> Just needs to be clear. Any umpires out there, we definitely didn't write it. Indeed. And I, and I don't think Eliza knew too much of what she was singing there. She's not a massive cricket fan and didn't understand she a lot of no the lyrics. No idea what she was singing, <laughs> but which made it far more hilarious. And it's not the easiest times, timing of song words to sing, lyrics. So she did a very good job and uh, and her singing was very impressive. So don't, yeah. don't, uh, don't expect that every week from us with our song. <laughs> But it was good. Mm, so thank you. Nice to get back. Nice change up, obviously. And has forgot to mention how good the guitar was as well, but that goes without saying. Um, thank you, guys. That's all we have time for. Obviously, on episode 28, our first one recording back in the new year, 2020. Uh, and it's been a great one. Has You've actually got something on tomorrow, don't you? What have you got appearance-wise? Got to drive down the Gold Coast. I'm going to uh, get a photo with a dolphin. So just something I do every day, you know. Oh, no. Uh, SeaWorld isn't Mitchell hate that. No, yeah. I'm going to SeaWorld. They're, they're donating some money to the, the bushfire appeal. So um, Brisbane Heat would like to uh, – to, you know, make everyone known of that, and and uh, we've got a bit of a uh, partnership there with them, so that'll be good. And don't worry, Mitch, I'll try and try and escape with the dolphin. I'll try and see if I can yeah. get get out of SeaWorld somehow with it in my yeah. pocket, and then uh, take it to the ocean. Good yeah, well, just, well, there's been a four meter great white shark that's been swimming around Palm Beach, hasn't there? So we just have to take it easy, like dropping it straight in the ocean. I guess has. Ah, SeaWorld's nowhere near Palm Beach. We're all good. Okay. Sweet, excellent, good knowledge, lethal of the Gold Coast. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, now, guys, obviously, Mitch, we do want people to continue to liaise with us and contact us, and you've made that so much easier now. Where do they need to go to get us? Just to wegotthechocolates.com.au. I've built a, a little website, so you should be able to access um, any of our social media from there, um, see any updates about, about new episodes. You'll be able to send us an email from the website or, and get in contact with us if you if you want to. So, yeah, should, be, mm. should all be fairly easy, straightforward now, I would think. And, and yeah, I, try, I tried to build it myself, so obviously I don't claim to be great at that either. Um, but so if anyone notices any little bugs in the website, feel free to let me know. But apart from that, we should be right. 
Thanks, Lockie. <laughs> um, perfect. And now, guys, we obviously uh, really love hearing from you um, and we love talking about you as well on this particular podcast. Uh, if you enjoy it, and uh, we hope that you do, we would encourage you to obviously subscribe so you don't miss an episode uh, on Apple or Spotify, wherever you choose to listen. And if you can give us a rating, if you like it as well, that would be much appreciated. Um, that's fantastic, guys. That's all we've got time for. Good luck in the fours. See you guys. Skin, you forgot to say bye. Oh, yeah, see you. See you. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>